0: Thousands of protesters took to the streets of Hong Kong to oppose the Chinese government's move to impose a controversial national security law. And less than an hour after the start of this march, uh, it's been reported that the police fire tear gas at the crowds. Are so we seeing a reemergence of uh, these mass protests in Hong Kong? Uh, to get a sense of what's happening there, we're very pleased to be joined by the journalist at uh, Bloomberg Hong Kong on the line right now, Sheridan Prasso. Hello. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we've been following the situation from afar here in Korea. Uh, it started, Ralph, with the Umbrella re- Revolution, this uh, opposition to an anti-sedition law, and then later on, uh, of course, uh, with the extradition bill. Can you tell us about this uh, national security law, or what, what what this entails and why it's controversial?
1: Right. So, uh China has been waiting for Hong Kong to introduce its own uh, national security legislation since 2003, essentially. It's part of the basic law. It has to be passed. And there's really no dispute that Hong Kong needs some sort of uh, law in this regard because it's required by our constitution. But what happened is that uh, in light of the protests that started last year against the uh, extradition law that Carrie Lam had introduced, um, there uh, there have been growing fears that a national security law, if it were to be passed, uh, is going to have very, very harsh penalties for any kind of dissent mm. in Hong Kong. And everybody is now watching for signs that that is indeed going to be the case because they, uh, the, it, in Beijing, um, currently, there's, there is a proposal to push through that legislation without the judicial process that uh, would be required in Hong Kong's uh, Legislative Council.
0: Everything has been put on pause. Uh, economies all of the all around the world have been shut down uh, gathering of mass events have basically uh, been uh, stopped. Hong Kong would be no exception to this. Can you explain then how it is with the dynamics of, let's say, 100,000 people taking to the streets, but still the, these lingering concerns of uh, COVID-19, especially with uh, Hong Kong's proximity, and uh, keeping in mind that Hong Kong is one of the uh, uh, places around the world that have handled the uh, pandemic uh, quite well compared to uh, Western nations?
1: Yeah, well, what of the interesting things about Hong Kong is that over the past five months, um, Hong Kong has done a remarkably good job of putting uh, the virus in check. And uh, recently, in the past many weeks, we have not had any significant community transmission and so people feel quite confident of their ability to go out and uh, recirculate again even though we still do have social distancing regulations in place prohibiting any gatherings of more than eight people uh in public although that uh doesn't stop uh, certain certain aspects of that are allowed like uh like religious gatherings mm. and various others so Um, So the protests in Hong Kong over this kind of COVID crisis never really went away entirely. There were kind of uh, small commemorations uh, for certain uh, milestone events during the protests last year. Um, This past weekend, as you know, we had a few thousand people come out uh, into the Causeway Bay neighborhood and protest against uh, the announcement of this national security legislation, which, of course, everyone is quite fearful will be rammed through in Hong Kong. So that's really brought people back to the streets. But actually, even the weekend before, there were over 200 people arrested in a, in a previous protest. It's just because of the national security legislation now getting national attention, we're starting to see uh, eyes turning back to Hong Kong.
0: Is the public appetite because uh, it was such a mass movement uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, well over 10% of the population uh, taking to the streets uh, in protest of the uh, extradition bill last year and uh, getting closer to this one year anniversary of the uh, democratization movement in Hong Kong. uh, Did public sentiment shift somewhat as a result of this pandemic? Or are there there still lingering feelings of resentment and even anger towards Beijing for uh, trying to push through these uh, controversial bills?
1: I think what we see in Hong Kong is that a full two thirds, if not even more, of the population we see from opinion polling um, supports the demands that the protesters have put forward in terms of first they demanded the withdrawal of the extradition bill last year, they also want the resignation of Carrie Lamb, and that what they really want is universal suffrage the ability to elect Hong Kong's leader. That is uh, probably never going to happen, at least in the immediate future, as long as the Chinese Communist Party has something to do with it. And that's one reason why uh, they really want to clamp down on Hong Kong, stop these protests, which, in fact, have been actually paralyzing for the city in a number of ways. Protesters shut down the airport last year, as you know, blocked a number of streets and roads. So there's a certain weariness about Mm. the protests continuing at the same time, I think, Many, many Hong Kong people, in fact, a large majority of Hong Kong people, support the goals of the movement in terms of the demands for universal suffrage. Now, what China has done is characterize recently these demands and these protests as a sort of separatist movement, as terrorism to try to justify what is likely going to be a very strong crackdown on anybody involved. But in fact, that doesn't reflect the majority of the people who just simply want to be able to vote.
0: It's been uh, reported that uh, the uh, economy in Hong Kong took took a hit uh, during those protests uh this was before the pandemic, where the entire global economy uh, basically is at a standstill now. And uh, we imagine that the economic situation in Hong Kong has, if anything, uh, gotten worse. Is that going to be sort of a balancing concern here going forward as, uh, as we do not know how this pandemic will play out? But at the same time, as people want to open up the economy, uh, you still have this against the backdrop of, of uh, this continued standoff between Beijing and, and as you say, uh, two thirds of the people who oppose this heavy.
1: Yeah, Hong Kong was already suffering the effects of the U.S.-China trade war last year, even before the protests Mm, started. mm. We saw a negative economic growth of 1.2% for 2019. Uh, This year in the first quarter, we have uh, economic growth of uh, almost 9%. So that's a pretty serious hit. You know, mainland tourists have essentially had to stop coming to Hong Kong first for the protests. And then because of the um, restrictions on the border due to the coronavirus, um, what the government in Hong Kong would like to do is try to get those mainland tourists back in order to revive the economy. But I think uh, the price that many Hong Kong people think that they would have to pay for that eventual return would be too high.
0: We've seen that uh, some of the Western countries now uh, have been taking maybe a bit more of a forward stance here. Uh, politicians in the UK uh, perhaps uh, uh, maybe extending this offer for Hong Kong citizens to, to get UK passports, perhaps uh, the US taking a very aggressive stance, uh, threatening sanctions. Do you think that the West may get more involved uh, should the situation, should the tensions rise in Hong Kong?
1: The U.S. has been uh, very aggressive for quite some time about Hong Kong. Uh, They passed an amendment last year, the Hong Kong Human Rights Act, uh, to what was the 1992 uh, Policy Act, which requires Hong Kong to maintain a high degree of autonomy from China. And if it doesn't, the U.S. has the option of taking action, including withdrawing its favorable trade status with Hong Kong, which means that uh, goods to the U.S. can be imported without the high tariffs that currently are imposed on China. Now, if the U.S. were to withdraw that, Hong Kong would pay a very heavy price. But what is being debated in the U.S. now is how to punish China in fact, because of growing anger. The coronavirus as well is right. certainly contributing to that. How do you punish China without damaging Hong Kong and its people? Um, so that's the debate that's going on in the U.S. now. The, U- the U.K. is uh, has been taking a very much more muted approach, even though uh, former officials uh, in Hong Kong, like Chris Patton, have urged uh, U.K. government to allow... Uh, Hong Kong people to have the right of abode in the mm. UK, which was never granted to them previously. Right. Um, and so I think, in fact, any country that decides to allow a mass migration of people from Hong Kong would really, really benefit from a very large yeah. population of educated right. and very creative
0: people. All right. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Sheridan Prassel, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it.
1: My pleasure.